Today, I'm excited. We're beginning a brand new series of talks over a, a, an amazing book by an amazing pastor named Pastor Craig Rochelle. And uh, it's the book called, and the series is called, The Power to Change. The Power to Change. You know, few things in life are more frustrating than knowing you need to change. And you're trying to change, but you're not actually changing. That's a very frustrating feeling. And over these next several weeks, we're going to be talking about how to have and how to find and to show you that it is possible to find the power to change. So that way you can start living the life that you really wanna live. And it's the life that God has called you to live. So we're gonna dive into that over these next several weeks and um, actually, I may be giving this away at the end of service today, so stick around and we might get a book. We also have them, I think, for sale in the, we will, we're gonna have them for sale in the lobby today in the apparel. The team said we will have it because we have some and they're gonna get it ready for us, but you can buy the book, stick along with us. But why don't you turn with me in your Bible, so Romans chapter seven, Romans chapter seven. For all those that are new, the reason why people stand is because we honor God's word. We stand in the reading of it. My goal is to teach today, so I told them to bring me a chair. We'll see how that goes. Um, just trying a lot of new things today. You know, sometimes it's good just to change, just to change. Um, and the team was asking me, it's like, why are you going to a different microphone? Why are you not using the podium like you normally use? I said, I don't know. There's no logical reason other than the fact that I want to try something different and change. And I believe when you change, it forces you to not stay complacent. It forces you to get out of your comfort zone. It forces you to do something different that you maybe not normally would do. And you never know what one slight decision might change for the trajectory of your entire life. But Romans chapter seven, we're gonna read in, about the apostle Paul. And this is where he's talking about some frustrations in his life. And you have to really track in the way that he's saying this because it can get really confusing. Verse 15 is where we'll start today. Romans 7, 15, it says this. I do not understand what I do. Some of you are like, well, that's all that needed to be said today. Thank you. I do not understand what I do for what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I, myself, who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that it is good itself, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Are you tracking? Some of you like, that's how my life feels right now. I'm, I'm trying to track. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Verse 21, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I want to, honestly, I want to teach today something a little bit than me just screaming at you all day. I want to teach and I want to talk to us about through this title, when you're sick of being stuck, when you're sick of being stuck, how many of you sick of being stuck today? So I want us to talk about that. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence in this room today. We thank you for all that you're going to do as we dive into your word. I pray 
that it would open up the certain places of our lives and our hearts that maybe we have yet to hand over to you, the dark places, the places we've tried to hide, the places that maybe we're ashamed of or we're not sure of. God, just penetrate those places of our life today. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And so I pray today that it would cut us down all the way to the core, that you would rip away and strip away anything that is not of you and let us see your glory, let us see your goodness, let us see your grace. And let us find today the will to understand that it is possible to have the power to change in our life. Speak to us, Lord, we pray. Do a work in us today, in Jesus' name. And everybody said a big amen. Amen. You may give someone a hug before you take a seat. Give them a hug. Tell them they look good and smell good. Some of you speaking by faith today. They lifted their hands in worship and somebody just tried to hand them some Irish spring or something. <laughs> Said, Lord, help you. Have you ever had a time in your life where you decided to like start something to better yourself and you decided to go like all out to make it happen? Like you went and got all the things, but you found yourself pretty shortly after quitting the entire process. You may know what I'm talking about. Or maybe you just kind of fell off the wagon. You got started. You, you had good intentions, but all of a sudden, like, you don't even know what happened. Just no longer were you doing the thing that you said you were trying to do. Well, the truth is, there is a, a statistic put out that Inc. Magazine said that many people who start their New Year's resolutions, the statistic said that over 45 million people, that the vast majority of us, we quit our resolutions by the second Friday in January. Two weeks in. We did all the things, had all the intentions, we had all the right motives, trying to, to better ourselves, trying to change something that we want to change, only to find that in less than 14 days, we quit. We fall off. We find ourselves doing and going right back into the rut of the thing that we were not wanting to do anymore. We start with great intentions, but sadly, by the end of this year, those of you who started your new resolutions this year, we'll still weigh more than we like to weigh. <laughs> I'm just working on my figure, it's round. It's called a father figure for a reason. Some of y'all like just now getting the dad joke that's kind of coming around. I'm a dad of four. Got to have some fun jokes in the back of your pocket. But we'll also still spend more money than we make. And we'll still not read the Bible daily like we wanted to. We just won't do it. And so today I want to talk to those of you who, who want to change, who have hoped to change, who've even tried to change, but you're not even sure if change is even possible at this point. You've attempted to do it, but you're not sure that it, it can even happen. As we study the life of Paul and we study Romans chapter 7, if you feel frustrated, if you feel exhausted, if you feel ashamed or embarrassed, can I tell you today you're not alone? You're not alone at all. That the Apostle Paul is actually writing out of this same position. He's writing from this same place where he is frustrated with trying to do things that he knows he needs to do, but finds himself doing the things that he really doesn't want to do. You see, having the power to change is something that we all fight. Every one of us fight this. And oftentimes we can feel defeated in our efforts to even accomplish it or do it. You're like, what is wrong with me? Like I set goals this year. I made the vows. Like, I, I told myself that I was going to get back in the gym. I even went and bought workout clothes. Like, I spent my budget on all kinds of, if I buy the workout clothes, surely those muscle shirts and those pants are going to help me get fit. Certainly by spending some money. You got on the diet plan. You bought the app. You eating things you even didn't even know existed. You even bought a daily planner. You made a vision board for your life. Everything was played out and we have right intentions, but I have found a lot of times that we have the wrong strategies. And this is one thing that I want you to write down today, something that we're gonna be, you're gonna hear me say quite frequently, and that is this. 
Real change isn't behavior modification, it's spiritual transformation. It's not behavior modification. It must be a spiritual transformation. And, and I want to show you over these next several weeks as Christians how we oftentimes, and I want to show you this today, how we often try to change the wrong way. And I want to talk about some mindsets that we typically have and uh, things that we, we typically try to think about or the process in which we try to go about changing. And this idea is not original to me. It originated even from a guy named Jerry, um, Jerry Bridges to be exact. And he was from actually Tyler, Texas. Ironically, you know, the, there was actually the prophet Nathaniel that said when Jesus was doing all his stuff and being born, it says, what good can come out of Nazareth? Well, I thought when I read this, what good could come out of East Texas? But we're about to hear something good that comes from out of East Texas. All the East Texas people say yes. yes. All about 17 people. <laughs> you see, many Christians live their life with, with two mindsets when it comes to change. And this is what I want to kind of walk us through today. The first mindset is, starts with this, God, then me. God, then me mindset. You see, God is the one that draws me. God is the one that, that who saves me. He gets me out from where I was. And then God, we believe a lot of times when we have this mindset of God, then me, what we do is we say, okay, God goes, all right, I've saved you now. Good luck. It's on you now. And we live with this mindset and we believe that it is going to be up to us to make the changes necessary in our life, that it is solely my responsibility, that if I can't do it, can't nobody do it. It is only me. Here's what I mean. This mindset, when you have this kind of mindset, this is the kind of things that you say. Well, I'm trying to stop losing my temper. I'm trying. I'm trying. Just get mad all the time, and I'm trying not to lose my temper. I'm mad that I even lose my temper right now, saying I'm trying not to lose my temper. I'm just tired of, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stop cussing. Dang it. Except you didn't say dang it. Just trying to stop. I, I'm, I'm just trying to get closer to God. I'm just, everything I can do, I'm just trying. I'm trying to get closer to God. I'm trying to stop spending four hours a day scrolling on TikTok and Instagram. I'm just trying. I'm trying. God saved me. And if I'm going to change, it's up to me. That's the mindset that we often have. God, then me. Now, the second mindset that we, that typically people live with is where it's God, not me. God, not me. This is the exact opposite of the very first mindset. First mindset, obviously, is, is the God, then me mindset. It's all about my effort. It's all about my doings. It's all about what I can do and what I bring to the table, all my energy, all my effort, but you see, the God, not me mindset shifts all responsibility from me and it actually casts and throws it completely onto God. And people that live with this kind of mindset say things like this, well, I don't like my job, so you know, I'm just gonna quit it and God's just gonna have to give me another one. Like God's just gonna bring it in for me. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I wanna get closer to God, but you know, yes, okay, yes, pastor, I haven't been reading my Bible since like 1998. But I know God. I mean, I haven't even been back to church since COVID. Like, this is my first time maybe back. And welcome. We're glad you're back. Come on, clap it up for all the people that are back. We're glad you're back. But you're just putting it all on God to make the change in your life. Like, like I'm in debt. I'm in debt. I'm, I'm, and I, I'm, I can't get out of debt. I can't do it. So you know what? God, it's all you. I'm just going to buy this lottery ticket. And for the name of the Lord and bless it, Lord Jesus, that I'm going to help. And you're going to help me win this lottery. Amen. You're going to get me out, God. We won't ask you how many of you bought a lottery ticket in the past six months. So we have the two mindsets of God, then me, where it's all on me. We have the other mindset that it's God, not me, where the shift of, of, of all the other stuff, the responsibility shifts completely onto God. But the third mindset that I want to talk about today, this is the one that I actually want you to see. The one that I want us to really lean into is the mindset that we need to actually have is God, through me. 
God through me. Everybody say, through me. And I want to show you today how the Apostle Paul recognized, he, he recognized this amazing principle and he said that I'm, going, I'm trying to change but I can't. I'm doing the things I don't want to do and I'm not doing the things that I want to do. What is wrong with me? Who in the world can save me? Oh yeah, only Jesus can. This is what the Apostle Paul was saying in Romans Seven. And I want to show you today out of 1 Corinthians where the Apostle Paul literally processes this in his writings. You're going to see him really talk about this. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10, it says, For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle. Now, I just want to stop there for a second. Like, we're talking about the Apostle Paul here. The one who wrote, like, over half of the New Testament. Started, like, hundreds and hundreds of churches, Paul. And he's going on to say, for I am the least of the apostles. Do not even deserve to be called an apostle. Because I persecuted the church of God. Now what he's meaning by that is he was once Paul, Saul, where he was actually killing Christians for the sake of God and having it all wrong. And then all of a sudden God kicked him off his horse, blinded him and said, why do you do this to me? And he's like, oh God, that's you, I'm sorry. And he says, now your name is Paul. And now we get to the place where he's saying, because I did that, I don't even deserve to be called an apostle. And he's doing all this work. He's doing all this effort. Then he goes on to say, verse 10, and this is what's powerful. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. That's, that's key to remember. No, I worked harder than all of them. Now we see the shift. Is it no? I worked harder than all of them. I preached more fiercely than all of them. I, I, I trained more leaders than all of them. I've been beaten and left for dead. I've been snake bitten. I've been shipwrecked. I've been abused. I've, done, I've been put in persecution, been put in prison, sleepless nights. I went through all that, did all that effort. I did everything I could, even though I was told I, I shouldn't be this. I, I did it all, and I did it for God. And then he goes on to say, yet not I but the grace of God that was in me. I love the humility that Paul has, and I also love the dependence on God that Paul has. Paul was saying, it's the grace of God who saved me. It's the grace of God that changed me. And I brought every bit of energy and effort and all my willpower that I could do, everything in this physical body that I could bring, and it wasn't me alone. It was the grace of God through me. Real change isn't God than you. Real change isn't God not you. Real change is God through you. The grace that saves you is also the grace that changes you. Again, we're not talking about a behavior modification. We're talking about spiritual transformation. Okay, preacher, okay, like if real change is God through you, then what does that look like? Give me, give me some nuts and bolts. Give me some tools. Okay, here's the secret. I want you to write this down. I want you to write it down. For, for change to be spiritual transformation, write this down. You want the secret? For, do you want the secret? Oh, all right, I didn't hear you. For change to be spiritual transformation, it has to be spiritual. It has to be spiritual. It must be empowered by God's spirit and not your willpower. It must be empowered by God's spirit and not your willpower. Because what's going to happen is you're going to have a new year's roll around again. It's coming up in a few months. You're going to have a new season or new journeys going to begin. And you're going to want to change something. You're going to want to alter something in your life. You're going to want to get rid of something. And you're going to have, you're going to have your why. Because you're tired of wearing your fat jeans and you're ready to wear your skinny jeans again. I literally have a tub in our breakfast area right now that says skinny clothes. And it's like all the skinny clothes. That was once worn. 
That's not being worn right now. And then you're going to have your plan. You're going to jump on the diet that your friend did because it worked for them. And you're going to get your new exercise plan going on. Like last year it was running, like cardio, and you got all this running going on. This year you're jumping into CrossFit and going into debt just to do CrossFit. CrossFit's expensive. <laughs> you pay like a billion dollars a month just to throw weights. I'd go out in my backyard and throw some concrete around like we can figure this out. Functional fitness, baby. I don't need to pay $150 a month to go... <laughs> do that myself with my children. <laughs> Don't need to go into debt. That's for somebody. Somebody like, I've been trying to just pay for it all year long and I only go about two times a month. Well, you should stop. <laughs> it's common sense. And what I want to suggest to you today is to add spiritual to your why. And spiritual to your how, because your spiritual why is God's purpose for you, the plan that he has, the purpose that he set in store, the purpose that scripture talks about, your spiritual why is the purpose that God has for you, and your spiritual how is gonna be shown today on God's power through you. Your spiritual why is the purpose of God for you, your spiritual how, is to show God's power through you. So you want less screen time. You get that notification every Sunday. Some of you probably already got it this morning that said you spent an X amount of hours a day on screen time. How many of you got that notification already today? And some of you looked at it like, you know, we're just gonna put that down. It already said I had enough screen time, so we're just gonna put that down and we're gonna ignore that notification. So we, we, we want, maybe, we, maybe you want less screen time. Why? It's not just to have less screen time. Like, I'm just on, you know, they say the blue light, you know, and it just affects me, and, you know, I, I just don't need to be on screen time, and just, I'm, I'm, I'm on screen time too much, and, you know, I just need to get off screen time. That, that, that may be your why, but, if, but your spiritual why, the fact is, is that God is love, and we honor God by loving people. Okay, that means if I honor God by loving people, that means God wants me to be engaged and present with the people that God told me to love. So my why is not just, oh, I need to get off my phone and I need to not have more screen time, you know, just because that's what the standard is said and my, my eyes are hurting and my brain's hurting because I'm on it too much and I play this comparison game all the time because I look at them and they're on a yacht and I want a yacht and I'm, all these different people out there, entrepreneurs saying, if I just click this button and pay $7 a month, I'll learn how to make millions of dollars. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all been on it? Y'all seen it? And it's not because of that that I need to get off. It's because if God is love and I want to honor God, that I must prioritize the people that God has placed in my life and therefore I need to be engaged with them because when I'm engaged with them and I'm present with them, I honor God and that's my spiritual why. You may say, well, I, I, I wanna be better with my money. Like, I, I'm not very good with it. I wanna be better with it. You know, I, I don't, I'm not spending like I want to. You know, I just, I wanna be able to make more money. I want, how many of you just wanna make more money? This is not a trick question, y'all. Like, I know I like to trick y'all. It's not a trick question. Like, it's okay to actually have the desire for more. God's not intimidated by your requests for more. But it, you only can handle what you can handle. So, so, so to say that I, I want more money, I want to be better with money, and I just want it so I can spend more or have more, no, that's not the, the correct why. The correct why when I add my spiritual is not just so I can have more to get out of debt, but my spiritual why is that, oh, it all belongs to God. And God said in his word that he's called me to be a good steward on what he's given me. Oh, wow. So God's also called me to be generous. And I'm supposed to put him first in my finances? Like, like, oh, I thought I was just trying to get out of debt. No, your spiritual why must be an understanding that God is the one who gave you everything that you have. It is already his to begin with, and he's called you to be a good steward. And if you waste what, he steward, what he's called you to steward, then he will not give you more to steward. That's why you can read the statistics on everybody who buys a lottery ticket that 99, if not 100% of them, in just a couple of years, end up going broke, being in debt, completely like having to do the, the bankruptcy. Just completely. Why? Because more money only makes you more of what you already are. 
So if you're a jerk without money, you're going to be a big jerk with money. If you're stingy with no money, then you're going to be stingy with a lot of money. I'll have other words and we're going to not say them because if you're that, (laughs) you're only going to become a bigger that. Okay, maybe your other reason why is like, you know what, I just want to be in better shape. I know that I can't pray away love handles. Just doesn't happen. Can't just say, Lord, thin. And it, you know, doesn't, doesn't work that way, although we wish it worked that way. Like, well, I thought he was the God of prayer and he answers my prayer and he gives me the desires of my heart. But the desire of my heart is that I don't have love handles and I want abs. And I've got, I've got them, they're just in the cooler. I'm getting my winter coat ready. Summer's ending. Well, no, it's not. Today's supposed to be like the hottest day we've had. Lord bless us. But it's not just to get in better shape so I can look good and I can feel good and and I can just, you know, look good in my bathing suit when I go out with my friends. No, no, that's not why. No, but your spiritual why is that, oh, God's word says that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, that body being the temple is the carrier of my destiny. It's the carrier of his spirit. So, oh man, I'm going to need strength to serve him. I'm going to need strength to serve his church, the thing that he came not only to give and bring salvation, but to, to begin and to birth the church. If I'm going to do God's will for my life, which everything must center around building his church, which is building up the body of Christ, then my body, I have to understand, is a temple. It is the carrier of the Holy Spirit. It is the carrier. So I don't want to put too much trash or any trash in God's temple. If I were to walk in here today with trash bags full of junk from your bed and your, or your, your house, and I were to start dumping it in here, you would think I'm crazy. This is God's house. How dare you? I was picking up cardboard at the front of the street today because I was like, how dare these people let these cardboard boxes fly in our ditch? I'm serious, y'all. I was, had the door half open, carrying it in. I sure did. Why? Because this is the house of God, and I want to take care of the house of God. If this is the place we built for him so we can honor and glorify him, then not only is this his house, but this is the temple. And I don't get healthy, and I'm not trying to be in shape just so I can look good. No, it's because I am carrying the Holy Spirit in me. And I must make sure that I have the strength to, to be able to do what God's called me to do. I love what Zechariah 4, 6 says. It says, not by, might, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. So what spiritual why applies to you and the things that you want to change and the things that you're wanting to get rid of in your life? Like, are you wanting to overcome addiction? Is that the change you're trying to make? Are you, are you wanting to become more organized in your life and in your home and in your schedule? Are you wanting to become closer with your spouse? Like what is the, the, the thing that you want to change and then what is your spiritual why? How are you going to do it? You, well, you have to add your spiritual why to it. Well, you have to begin to pray. If you have an addiction, you start with prayer saying, by the power of Jesus, I will overcome this addiction. I am not a slave to sin, but Jesus came to set me free. I will be free and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So God, I know you can help me overcome this addiction and through my might and through your grace, we're gonna overcome this addiction. I am no longer a slave to sin. Maybe you wanna be better organized in your life. Well, your spiritual why is to understand that our God is a God of order. So therefore, I will order my life around what matters most. I will get my house in order. Because the Bible says that if I don't have my house in order, how am I going to get his house in order? I must take care of the things in which he's given me. If I walk in and I got junk everywhere and I don't know where to begin, just start by picking up the first thing and put it in its place or in the trash. Most people I talk to that can't get their stuff clean, it's like, I don't even know where to begin. It's just too much. You just start by doing this. Grab the first thing and just throw it away. Well, I spent money on that. Yeah, but you're not using it. When was the last time you wore that shirt in that closet that's been in there for the last seven and a half years? Just throw it away. Go give it away. 
whatever. But a lot of times what we do, we have good intentions. We put them in a bag because we're gonna take them to that donation box or we're gonna take them to that Goodwill and then they sit on our back porch getting mold and all that stuff with all the rain and all that trash bag just sitting there for the last six and a half months and we thought we were gonna take it. Well, you probably should just throw it away. Get it out. Get organized. Why? Because we serve a God who is a God of order. You may say, well, I wanna be closer with my spouse. That's the change I wanna do. I wanna get closer with my spouse. Well, can I tell you that your spiritual why is not just to get closer. Your spiritual why is that if we will keep Jesus at the center of our life and we continue to go closer to him, guess what? As Jesus being in the center and I'm here and she's here, as we get closer to Jesus, what's happening? We get closer to one another. And you maybe your first step into that is to start praying together and start reading God's word together. And when you start to grow in your relationship with Jesus and you keep him first in your life, you will get closer to your spouse because you become to identify that if God is love, then his love overshadows onto me and therefore I will understand what love is and I can then reciprocate that love to the person that God has called me to live this life with. And this is what I want us to do this week. As we're going about our week, as we're living our lives, as we're doing our jobs, as we're taking our kids to school, and as college is beginning, whatever it may be, during this week, I want you to define your spiritual why. Whatever it is that you're wanting to change. You don't need January 1 to roll around to initiate change. You, you don't need that to happen. You can start tomorrow. You can, matter of fact, you can start right now. You can say, you know what? I just need to make this decision. I just need to do it right now. I don't need to wait for six months. I don't need to wait till I get ready for it. No, you just need to start now. Somebody look at the name and say, start now. You got to clap at them. Clap back. Start now. I got my hands free, so we clapping today. I can't clap without I have the microphone in my hand. This week, I want you to define what your spiritual was. Whatever it is that you want to change, I want you to define it. And then in these upcoming weeks, we're going to talk more on how to define our spiritual how and what that looks like to see God's power work through you. And here's something that I want us to begin declaring over our life. And we're gonna put it up on the screen and I want us to begin declaring this this week in our life and even starting today to declare this. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I want us to say it out loud together. Ready? One, two, three. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. So when you're tempted to eat something that you know you shouldn't eat, you need to tell yourself, I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. When, when, you're, when you're about getting ready to click on a website that you know you shouldn't be clicking on, you need to tell yourself, first of all, you need to phone a friend. You need accountability. You need to take a cold shower. I don't know, something. Run. The Bible says flee from sexual immorality. If you got to run out your house and leave your phone and leave your kids and leave your wife and just start running... Maybe that'll get you in shape. Every time you have, a, you, you, you have a, a temptation of something, you should just take a run. Just go run. Flee from it. Just run, Forrest, run. <laughs> but maybe when you're tempted to click that site, you can tell yourself, I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Maybe when you're tempted to yell at your kids, and this is something that I think a lot of parents struggle with. Some people can do that gentle parenting stuff, and God bless you for that. Sometimes, you know, laying on of hands is the only way. <laughs> Jesus' name. Or maybe when you're tempted to yell at your kids and maybe throw something and do something you're going to regret, you stop for a minute and you tell yourself, I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. And then I believe you need to be praying for God to give you the fruits of the Spirit. God, I need you to give, show me that love. Give me the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the faithfulness, and self-control. 
God, I need your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your gentleness, your faithfulness, and your self-control. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what you need to begin to ask God for. To remember that real change isn't God than you. It's not all on you. It's not all your effort. Because let me tell you, works don't save you and works can't change you. If it's all on you and you don't have any part in God, then you will find yourself depleted and empty and full of void every single time. Nor is it real change being that it's God, not me, where you say, oh God, it's all you. I'm just gonna pray and the good Lord's gonna help me. No, you can't just throw it all back on God because the truth is God did enough when he sent his son Jesus to die for us. He forgave us. He gave us grace and mercy and he gave us salvation in him that he laid his life down for our sins and bled on that cross, was nailed to it for our transgressions. He bore stripes on his back so we can declare his healing over our body. It can't just be all on God. God, I need you just to get me out. God's saying that it's called W-O-R-K. We're gonna do this as a partnership. Real change is God through you. This isn't just about a change in behavior. This is about a change of heart. And that begins to change things dramatically. Something that I'm learning and that I'm even working on right now in my life is this. If you change your behavior, but you don't change your heart, the behavior will come back. It'll come back. I can change my behavior. I can set up in the morning. I can write my notes down. I can have a vision board. I can buy the app. I can do all the things. But if the change only happens outside and it doesn't happen in here, it's just going to come back. It's going to find its way back into your life. Real and lasting change is a reflection of God's power through you. So are you sick of being stuck? What, what do you try? Why do you try to change, but you don't? Why is it? Are you still working too much? So therefore you're neglecting your family? Are you still procrastinating where you just seem to never be able to get anything done. I know school is beginning for all of our students and maybe procrastination is a, is a problem for you. I can tend to have some procrastination sometimes, but maybe you're still procrastinating and you wanna see that change in your life. Maybe, maybe you're, you, you're skipping more church than you're actually attending. You're like, I need to get back in the house of God. The Bible says that I it was glad. I was glad when they said, let us come to the house of the Lord, that we are to come together as the body of Christ to lean on one another, to grow with one another, to laugh with one another, to cry with one another. We are to build up each other. I'm all for going and having vacation. I'm all for spending time with your family. I'm all for, you know, your kids gonna be in sports and they're gonna have a few times a year where you're doing a family vacation and you go, but if you're missing more than you're attending, then there's gotta be a problem. Maybe you need to make church a priority again because what's gonna happen is one day those kids, when they start facing trials, they're not gonna run to the church, they're gonna run to the world because that's all they knew was run to the baseball bat, not the Bible. Maybe you're still clicking on the sites that you shouldn't be clicking on. Maybe that's the change that you wanna make. You need to set up accountability. You need to buy the software where someone's constantly seeing everything that you do on every single device that you have. Yeah, that's out there. And there's Christian companies that put that together. You need to find what it is. It's easy to find. Maybe you're wanting to change holding grudges. Maybe you're wasting your life and your money on things that don't really last and you're continually getting in debt and you're spending more than you make. There could be lots of reasons, but I will tell you the root of the problem every single time is almost always spiritual, every single time. And we too often try to meet a need or relieve a hurt with something besides God's grace. We try to meet it with something the world has to offer, but let me tell you, it will always run dry. It's not the living water that Jesus came to offer. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 
God said, my grace is all you need. My grace is all you need. Get the diet, buy the app, do, do those things, but, but don't forget that when you don't have the willpower, when you realize you're not going to be able to have the strength in you, you need to realize that my grace is all you need. And when you find yourself in a place of weakness and despair, God's word continues to say, my power, God said, works best in weakness. We thought it only worked when I had strength. No, it works best in weakness. So Paul goes on to say, so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. Now he's not meaning to go on Facebook right now and say, I drink, I smoke, I'll do this. He's not saying boast about that. But he's saying, when I realize that it is not gonna be me alone, that it doesn't have to be all in my own willpower, that I have the strength and the grace of God that saved me and that will change me and that it's not all on me and it's not all on God, but it is God through me that his grace is what will completely purify this process. My grace is all that you need. It's my power works best in weakness, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. It's not God, then me. God, not me. It's God through me. So when you find yourself in an area where you can't seem to make the change, I want you to stop being embarrassed about it and stop being ashamed of it and just embrace it realizing that it can only be changed through God's power and his grace through you. And that alone will do it. And if you mess up, because you're going to, look at your neighbor and say, you've messed up. Look at it, you've been wanting to say it all week. You don't even know him yet. You're like, I just see it on you. You messed up. Turn to your second best choice, the one you didn't want to tell first, but you really wish you turned to first. Look at them and say, you messed up this week. But I've been waiting to say that. I come to church just so I can say what the pastor says to say to the neighbor next to me because he says what I'm thinking. But I think once we realize that it's his grace that saves me, it's his grace that changes me. It's his grace that forgives me and it's his grace that strengthens me. It is not behavior modification. It is spiritual transformation. Jesus came to rescue. He came to save. He came to change and he came to free us. That's who he is. So Father, I thank you for every single person in this building today and every person watching from the other side of a screen. God, you see the things in our life that are in need of changing. Got places in our life that are just, we've tried to hide from you and the truth is you already know everything about us. You know the thoughts in our mind. You know the sins in our life. You know the hairs on our head. You formed me in my mother's womb. You valued me from the day of conception. And I found myself today, God, in a place where I want to change. I'm trying to change. I've hoped to make these changes, but I'm still finding myself not changing. With every eye closed, if that's you today and you say to yourself, I have something in my life that I need to change. If that's you, will you stand? I need to make a change in my life. I'm doing something I don't want to do and the things that I want to do, I can't do. I've got a change I need to make. I've tried it in my own power and I found myself running dry. I've tried to let God handle it all and God says, I'm a part of my own miracle. And I need change. I'm tired of living the way that I'm living. 
I'm tired of going through the brokenness that I keep going through. I'm tired of finding myself in this rut, going back around in the cycles of life, getting back in that kind of relationship, going back to that same place, picking up that same daggum bottle, going right back to that bed, going right back to that site. I am sick and sick and sick of tired of being stuck. Father, I thank you for every person that is, whether in this room standing or wherever they may be watching at any point in time, whether it's today or in months or years from now when they're watching this video, that they're making a declaration today that I'm sick and tired of being stuck. And I'm not going to stay here anymore, that no longer is it just going to be by my willpower, but it is going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to give me the strength that I need to make the change that I need. So, Father, I pray right now that the moment that they take their next breath, that they will feel your spirit. It will fill their body. It will fill their soul. That as they leave here today, they will walk out in the confidence. They will walk out in the purpose and they will walk out in the, 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 the determination to change the things that need to be changed through your grace, not in their own willpower, not by throwing it all on you, but doing this together to say, by your grace, it's all I need. Your grace is sufficient for me that I will boast in my weakness because it is your power that is in Christ Jesus that is on the inside of me, that I want to be a carrier of your, of my destiny. Father, change will happen today. We declare it and we declare over our life. I am disciplined. Christ in us is stronger than the wrong desires in us. We don't want to just change our behavior. God, we want you to change the heart. We need spiritual transformation. Renew us today in the name of Jesus. With every eye still closed, every head bowed, everyone standing across this room today, if you're seated, would you please stand? There's one more group of people that I would love to pray with today. You know, a lot of things in our life need changing. But in order to effectively do this, to change the things in you that you need to change, or maybe you don't even know that you need to change them, the only way that is possible is by inviting Jesus to be Lord and leader of your life. To make him Lord. He's already Lord. I want you to know that he's already master, but he's given you the choice to hand your life back into his hands. The Bible says that he knocks at the door waiting for you to answer. And today he's knocking at your door saying, I'd like to come in and the life that I have for you is a life that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to rob you. He wants to take it away from you. He wants to get you divided. He wants to get you to not trust anyone. But I'm telling you, Jesus is telling you today that I came that you could have life and life to the full. That he says he will wash your sins clean. He can make you new. That you can become a new creation in Christ Jesus. That it will not be by your willpower and you don't have to get right to get God. He just says, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest. And that rest is in a joy that that rest has peace, that rest has purpose, that rest has confidence. He says, I will give it to you. I came and I laid down my life. I bled on that cross and I came out of that grave three days later so that way I could say I conquered death, hell, and the grave and no longer will it have power or dominion over you, but you will have power and dominion over it. If you're here in this room or online somewhere and you say, I need Jesus in my life. I want to make him Lord and leader. And whether this is for the very first time or maybe you live for God at one point and you've walked away, life has messed you up. You've had all these other things that have come in and you found yourself today going, I need Jesus again. I fell off. I need to put him first in my life. I need to put him center of my life where everything evolves around him. If that's you today, I just want to count down from three. And when I count down from three, I just want to know who I'm praying with. And I would ask you just to lift up your hand as boldly as you can. Look me right in the eye. I want to be able to celebrate with you and I want to pray with you. We're going to pray a prayer all together in just a moment. 
But if that's you, I want you to lift it up. Ready? Three, two, one. Just lift them up. Lift them up. Thank you. I see 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 you. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift them high right where I can see them. Lift them high. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Lift them high. I see you down here on the floor. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Lift them high. I see you all the way up there. I see you. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. I see you. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just a few seconds more, if that's you. Don't miss this opportunity. God can help you make that change and God wants to restore your life. He has a purpose and a destiny. Just lift it up, saying, today's the day. I'm gonna turn my life around and I'm gonna walk with Jesus. I'm gonna trust him all the days of my life. If that's you, just lift it up. Lift it up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, I see you. I see you. Whole families, young and old. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church, let's celebrate with every single person today. Come on, come on. Okay, I want us to pray this prayer out loud. Our team is moving. They're going to hand you a Bible. We have a free Bible that we want to give you, and we've got some tools we want to put in your hand. But before we move or do anything, I just want us to pray this prayer together. This is the most important part. If you're walking, please stand still and honor those people. Just stand right where you're at. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me to live a new life in you. God, I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. And today I ask that you forgive me of all my sin. And today I acknowledge that God raised you from the dead so I could have life. Help me to walk in it. Help me to make the changes and help me to trust you. Thank you for your grace that saves me today and that changes me tomorrow. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's celebrate one more time.